This is the Shoot Once Podcast, a podcast about the Columbus Blue Jackets and the NHL, a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. Hey everyone, welcome to the show this week. Um, obviously this isn't, you know, how we wanted the season to end. Uh, it it stinks. Uh, I mean, it, it's... It's rough. Um, I will agree with with all of that. Um, so the show this week, what we're going to do over the next few weeks, uh, going to be talking about the the playoffs as they go on. Um, this episode is more just kind of a post mortem on on what happened this season a little bit. Uh, we have a great conversation with with uh, Mark Scheich from the Hockey Writers, and uh, hope you enjoy it. I had a great time talking with him, and uh, but no, we're going to keep shows going all throughout the rest of the postseason into whatever this weird off season is going to be with a quick draft, quick free agency. So it, it's going to be good. We're going to keep some fun things going. I will say my overall feeling of the blue jackets. If you, if you follow me on Twitter, you kind of felt it, which was this team outperformed this season. What we expected um, when the season ended, we're still kind of saying the same thing we thought when the season started, which is where's the offense going to come from? And that's kind of where we're still at, but we'll, we'll be diving into that more so in, in further episodes, but sit back. Uh, we're going to have a quick word from our, our friends with the hockey podcast network and enjoy our interview with, uh, Mark Scheig of the hockey writers. Hello, bonjour, hello, hey, hiya, and previet hockey fans. Welcome to the Euro puck podcast. The show where two blokes from Blighty talk about everything to do with European hockey as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. From the Russian KHL to the Swedish Hockey League, the Finnish Liga to the Swiss National League, the British Elite League to the Alps Hockey League, we talk about anything and everything European hockey. Catch our podcast every Friday from August the 28th, however you get your podcasts, and on the Eurocook Podcast YouTube channel. The Europuck Podcast, giving you guys European hockey. Welcome to the Shoot Once Podcast, Mr. Mark Scheig. How are you doing today, sir? Oh, Frank, we're good. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing great. Having a nice little Sunday at home and uh, getting a chance to talk some hockey, even though the Blue Jackets are out of it, which I always appreciate. Oh, anytime. All right. Um, all right. So, so from your perspective, as someone who writes for the Blue Jackets, covers them, um, you know, I hear you on the on the conference calls and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how would you summarize what this playoffs was for the Blue Jackets? I mean, it was a weird season. It was the, obviously the free agents left, but then also all the crazy COVID stuff with the shutdown. How would you say this this playoffs acted as a uh, as a cap on the Blue Jackets season? <laughs> you said it best when you said that it was weird. The, everything from just the whole seat, the way the whole season went with injuries to COVID to having the playoffs all in Toronto like that, just very weird, but also a lot of emotions and a huge roller coaster ride. I mean, they beat Toronto. So obviously that's a good thing, but then kind of all of a sudden five games later, they're out of the bubble again. So um, yeah, just from beginning to end, just you couldn't, tell anybody this is the way that the season was going to happen in October. 
I still feel like they're, you know, they're trying to process what happened and trying to figure out what they need to do next to kind of get over um, the next hump. In your opinion, what happened in that Tampa series? I mean, obviously last year when they swept them, it was enough pieces that it was almost a different team, but at times the team, the Blue Jacks looked like they were keeping up with the lightning and other times they looked like they were just being blown out of the building. What, what did you see as far as what you thought happened in that series? Yeah, just, good question. I just wrote about that. I thought that there were a bunch of little things that kind of added together to be, to lead to one big thing of being eliminated. I mean, you can point at a lot of things. The Losing the five overtime game was huge. I mean, even though they came back in one game two, their energy was spent. And we saw that in game three. And it's game three where the Lightning played 45 minutes of lights out hockey where the Blue Jackets pretty much had no chance. And from that point forward, they just did not look back. So the, the five overtime game, you have to win that game. It's never happened before where the loser of a game that length, no one has ever come back to win a series. So that, that, so they were already behind the eight ball as it was, but then, you know, Seth Jones kind of said it best. He said, well, we're big moments. We were on the wrong side of a lot of the big moments. I mean, you think about how it got to five overtimes that flipped the puck that just hit Corpus Solo's pad and just snuck over the line. Um, you think about blown leads at different points that happened in game four in the Toronto series. It happened in game one of the Tampa series and it happened again in game five. They were great at it all year. They're great in one goal games and they were comfortable. Something happened where they weren't able to hold on to leads. Um, and then want to keep going the leadership, you know, where was Gus Nyquist? Where was Nick Felino? Where was Boone Jenner? You need those guys, especially when you have such a young roster to set an example and to score goals. And, you know, they just didn't do that. So if you combine all those things, it's no wonder they're gone in five games. Now moving to kind of Columbus in a, in a, in a bigger context and especially seeing, Bobrovsky where he went in the first round you know in the qualifying round how the the Panthers didn't make it and he had a rough year whereas the Columbus goaltenders just looked amazing Mm -hmm. do you think that Yarmo's just got an eye for goaltenders or does this Columbus team just play where any goalie would look good that's a wonderful question Frank and I think there's a little bit of both Um, you take a look at the history of you know where the Blue Jackets goalies have come from um Corpusalo was a little bit of a later pick. Merzlikens was a later pick. You look at who's in the pipeline now, Tarasov, Venalainen, Kiv Lennox was signed off the street as a free agent. So yeah, there's a little bit of an element where you don't have to spend a high pick for a goalie because he has a little bit of an eye for the talent. But at the same time, Columbus's defense especially this year was really good because they put a fo- they had to play that way. They had to focus on locking it down because they knew they were a little bit deficient offensively. So you can put almost any goaltender back there and they would enjoy some level of success, but you, you can't ignore the fact that the, the goaltenders that are here have some talent. I mean, Corpus Allo was an all-star. Merzlikens has the high upside. Tarasov might be the best of the bunch you know see where that goes but yeah combine everything it's a really good situation in columbus for the goaltending these days all right so so last year in columbus they had the sweep of the lightning this year they beat the maple leafs in the qualifying round 
the Maple Leafs are for a few years now, it's kind of been, Oh, they're the best young team in hockey with all the big guys. And they signed Tavares and all that. And, and obviously they lose that round to Columbus. I know this isn't a cup. I know the blue jackets haven't really won. If you asked anybody on that team or in that franchise, they would say they haven't won anything yet. But do you think the Blue Jackets kind of league-wide have worked past that whole, you know, you can't win in Columbus narrative that they've kind of pushed that to the back burner and kind of beaten that? The process has started, but they still got got some work to do. I mean, think about this. So Jarmo Kekalainen came on board here in 2012. So after Arneal was let go, John Davidson came in, he brought Jarmo Kekalainen in. From that point on, he's been the general manager here. They've been to the second round once and they haven't yet to get past the second round. So they got a long way to go. Now, have they started the process? Absolutely. I mean, they've made the playoffs for four straight years. You can't deny the fact that, you know, Kekalainen has put a little bit of a plan in place that, you know what, Hey, you come to Columbus, you know, we're starting to show that, you know, we can make the playoffs their challenge though. And this is going to be the big challenge is getting over the hump where they can make a conference final, where they can make a Stanley Cup final, because the players that are here need to be convinced that what they're doing is the right thing. The thing that we're going to be watching, you know, when, when Seth Jones becomes an unrestricted free agent, when he's eligible to become one, the Blue Jackets have to sign him. And how, how do you increase your chances of doing that? He has to believe that the plan in place is, is going to work for them to be able to be a perennial contender. So while the process has started, Frank, they still have a long way to go. They, you know, and you're right. You, you ask them, they'll say they haven't won anything. Well, it's true. They really have not. They've made the playoffs, which is good. So the things from the past, you know, they've kind of gotten past that, but the expectations are higher now. And, you know, we have to evaluate them under higher expectations as a result. How do you, Right now, from where you sit, how do you see the Josh Anderson situation playing forward? Hmm. You, you asked me this now, and you asked me this in two weeks, I might have a different answer. It's tough. Um, it would have been interesting to see if he would have been ready to play. Um, you know, we asked him at the we asked um, Yarmo Kekalainen at the con at the end of a season conference call the other day. How close was he? And he basically said that you know, six months would have been in September and they would have seen her. So there really wasn't anything to suggest that he was ready to go uh, right away. Um, it's going to be a very interesting contract negotiation. Now, I mean, you're talking about going from scoring 20 goals to being now with one goal injured most of the year, basically from the middle of December on. And, that, and then led them him having shoulder surgery to be out four to six months. So we're, you know, the Blue Jackets are going to try to lay the hammer as much as they can, but Anderson's going to say, no, I'm a 20 goal scorer. You should pay me as such. And you know, if, it, if it's anything like it was the last time, it could get very contentious. So if they're not able to find a deal, certainly they're going to see what might be out there because there will be a lot of interest in this player. But what I'm going to find fascinating is, how healthy is he going to be, you know, once he's ready to go? And can he play the same kind of game that he used to? Because his success comes from playing a physical banging style. And to have shoulder surgery like that, you potentially could be one hit away from being back on the shelf again. So that's the thing. Nobody really knows the answer to that until he's back out on the ice and doing his thing. So 
kind of a little bit of a cloud of unknown here, but we'll see where it goes. Yeah, and that that kind of brings up. It was interesting listening to to Yarmo's post comments there when he closed things out because he seemed to be throwing cold water on both the idea of signing free agents and on making trades. Uh, he said something about you know you don't build a team through free agency. Yep. He talked about how you know the thirty other teams are all run by smart people and they all want to make their team better too. What road do you see as far as this team trying to trying to improve, trying to? make those next steps over this, over this weird abbreviated off season we're about to see. I think it's, I think we're going to have an explosive off season in the NHL as a whole. I mean, look at the number of teams that the flat cap is going to absolutely crush. I mean, the obvious example to me, and there's several others, but Tampa Bay, I mean, there's a couple of players in that team that they're not going to be able to afford to keep. So it'd be really interesting to see how they maneuver. But from a Columbus standpoint, look at their cap situation. I mean, yes, they have a little bit of room. Yes, we found out Andy Dubinsky might not ever play hockey again, so there's the option of long-term injury reserve for him. But you have to sign Pierre-Luc Dubois. Columbus definitely wants to sign Josh Anderson again, so they have to you know, find something that's going to work out there. Vladislav Gavrikov is a restricted free agent. They, uh, they want to get him back in. Actually, he's a he's a UFA, but he's a special type of UFA. But regardless, they want to sign him. And there's a couple of other players as well. So it's not like they have all the cap room in the world to try to do something in free agency. And Yarmo's right. I mean, they they really don't throw – I mean, they tried the Nathan Horton thing a few years back, a seven-year deal. That didn't work out. They signed Nyquist last year to a four-year deal. That's worked out. I mean, they'll, they'll pick and choose their spots when it comes to free agency – but they're not going to depend on free agency to turn things around. Like Taylor Hall is going to be a big name. I don't think the blue jackets are going to go down that road. I really don't. Um, so what I think they're going to do is they're going to look to see if there's a trade out there that makes sense for them. I think they're going to leave no stone unturned. And if they do find the right deal, I do think there are pieces that can be moved, especially defensively, because that's where the strength of their team is right now. And I'll tell you, Frank, the one guy that I always go back to in terms of if you need to move somebody for a serviceable piece is David Savard. And I believe the reason for that is Jones, you're not going to move him. I don't think you're in a position to move Zach Wierenski yet unless you're completely, you get an elite player back. I just don't see elite players really being involved in deals right now. But Savard's interesting because he's, he's getting up on, on the other side of age 30 He's a right shot defenseman. You know, there's going to be contenders or other teams that are going to love what he brings to the lineup. So if there's an opportunity there, you know, Andrew Peak might be ready to go and he's a right shot defenseman. But that would be the kind of deal that I would see to bring in, you know, somebody for Columbus. It's not going to be like Connor McDavid. It's not going to be like Jack Eichel. You're not going to bring elite talent in, but you might be able to maybe bring in like a 1B. You know, Pierre-Luc Dubois, a lot of people believe that he's going to be a number one center. Well, they need somebody that can kind of play as a, a, a complement to him in a top six center role. Maybe Mikel Granlin fits that role. I'm not sure, but that's the kind of deal that I would be looking for. Something that's not going to be a lead, but it's something that's going to help the club now and in the future. All right. Now, I've started seeing the early whispers of this, and I, I don't know how much stock to put into it now or, or where it's going to go. But uh, apparently, I think it's Tortorella's heading into his last year of his contract with the team. 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's been rumors about, you know, is the team going to stay with him because it, he may be asking for a lot more. I mean, at this point, he's won a Jack Adams in Columbus. He could very well win another one this year. Uh, do you do you get the sense that the team is just they're gonna you know that the money might be an issue in keeping Tortorella, Tortorella around, or do you get the sense that they're you know gonna do what it takes to keep him here? Hmm. I, I think that's more of a file that away and reevaluate next year because you know there's obviously going to coach this year. I do f- wonder in the back of my mind though if the shelf life is starting to run out and this is taking nothing away from Tortorella. It's take nothing away from what he's done for Columbus because without him, the blue jackets aren't in the spot that they're in. But at the same time, you know, he does have a certain system he likes to play. And I just wonder if the time will come or maybe the team needs a fresh voice. Cause you know, he, he leads a certain way. He does things a certain way. He's changed the culture in that locker room. You know, he's done everything that you could ask and, and then some to kind of get the lose the losing culture out of the way and knowing that when you come in here, expectations are higher. They should be able to make the playoffs. He's done all that. The question now is, do they feel like that he could be the one to take them to the cup? And, you know, right now he, he's the man. But you know, come next year, depending on, you know, what happens and how things go. Yeah, you're right. The contract's up. Um, could money become a factor? Sure. We're in a weird situation with COVID. You know, how how much do they want to spend? And do they feel like that he can be the one to take Columbus to where they need to go? That'll be something that the season needs to play out before we have a better answer. But it wouldn't surprise me if they start to think, you know, maybe – you know, just maybe a fresh voice is needed in the room. Right. And, and to wrap us up here, I mean, you know, we've obviously the blue jackets, we've got our eye on the, on the off season now and what's happening next. We've also still got the rest of the NHL playoffs to go through. We've got what looked like four really good series coming up. Which one are you most interested in out of these remaining series? They're all good, but Boston Tampa Bay though. Now that's the one that I'm going to watch the closest, you know, not only because the blue jackets got knocked out by the Bruins last year, by the lightning this year, but I think that the blue jackets can learn something from these two teams. I mean, they've been perennially good and now one of them is going to have a chance to be in the conference final and obviously depending who wins, but you look at the Bruins, their core, they've been together for most of this decade. You know, that, that's, you see the players like Bergeron, you see the players like Marchand, Pasternak, and you can go down to, not only do they have elite talent, they have really good depth. And I think the Blue Jackets can take a little bit of a blueprint from the Bruins. That's the kind of roster you need if you're going to look to make a deep playoff run. Take a look at the Lightning this year, and I think that they can learn something off them as well. Go back to the sweep from last year, Tampa underestimated the Blue Jackets. They didn't have the physical element to their game. They got swept out of the playoffs. What did they do this offseason? They brought in help. They brought in Kevin Shattenkirk. They brought in Pat Maroon. They had brought in Goodrow and Coleman at the trade deadline. Much different team. Come back this year, they knocked the Jackets out in five games. The point being, they saw what was lacking. They addressed what was lacking. Now, it obviously helps to have elite talent like Braden Point and Kucherov and Stamkos when he's healthy and Victor Hedman and 
Vasilevsky is all really, really good high-end players, but they saw the need and they addressed it. The Blue Jackets have to do the same thing. They have to see what's lacking and they have to address it if they want to be thought of in the Bostons and the Tampa Bays of the world. And so seeing a series like this, that's why I'm going to have my eyes on it because I feel like the Blue Jackets can learn a lot off of both teams. Yeah, that's that's good. I'll, I'll, that one's going to be interesting. Something that I've loved about this whole format, and, and obviously we're, ne- we're never going to replicate it, or hopefully we never have to replicate it, but the whole all-day yeah. hockey, and now we're going to have where, I mean, you conceivably you could watch almost every game of this round um, because they won't be overlapping in times or anything. Yeah. You know, obviously no one's going to be doing noon and three o'clock hockey on weekdays when, when we can have fans back in the buildings, but this has been really fun to enjoy Mm -hmm. as a time where you can just have hockey, especially in those first in that qualification round, just all day. It felt like every day. So yeah. Brings back normalcy. It really does. It, it's been nice. Yeah, it's been nice to have hockey. Well, uh, Mark, where can people find your stuff, read your work? Yeah, you can find me um, out on Twitter at Mark Scheig. Um, and I'm out on the Hockey Writers. In fact, they're going to have a new piece tomorrow kind of going over our first look at the offseason. So, yeah, come find me. Come chat. You know, we're, Blue Jackets might be out, but we can always talk about them. All right. Well, thank you very much for this today, Mark. You have a, a great rest of your day. Yeah, you too, Frank. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Are you looking for a new jersey? Is there a new player you want? Do you want a do you want an Elvis jersey? Do you do you get excited about? Are you looking forward to the draft when a uh, when the Blue Jackets make a first round pick and you can whoever it is you want to get a jersey of them right away? I don't know. Whatever you're looking for, I do know that what you want to do is you want to go to coolhockey.com/thpn when you want to get a jersey uh, and use the promo code thpn because you're going to get. Uh, you're going to get 30% off there at the website and, and coolhockey.com. I know that when you're searching around for jerseys online, you're wondering, am I going to get something that's worth it? Am I going to get one of these weird knockoffs where the numbers are all weird? What's going to happen? Coolhockey.com is going to have a great selection for you. They ensure that every product that leaves the doors is done to the specifications of the NHLPA. They don't outsource their jerseys for customization. So they're able to offer you all the best ones. Um, great quality on it. Uh, so again, Go to coolhockey.com slash THPN, so forward slash THPN, and use the promo code THPN for all your hockey jersey needs. Again, coolhockey.com slash THPN. Please connect with the show on Twitter at ShootOnesPod, and thank you for listening to the ShootOnesPodcast.